What's up, podcast listener? If you're sitting at your desk or riding in your car, know that today you're joining a family of basketball professionals who are trying to change other people's lives through the game that changed theirs. This podcast is going to take you along the journey of basketball entrepreneurs and how they make a living from the game that they love. If I say anything, anything that gives you value in this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a top five, top five, top five review. And now let's get to the show. I spoke briefly about 20 to 30 minutes with Adrian Woodard, the skill development trainer and founder of Reach and Teach Global Basketball in New Jersey. He had some good insight on what full-time trainers should ask for when coaching during high school seasons, especially for new trainers who have never coached during the fall and winter time before, which is one of the options that trainers can do once high school players are busy and not able to train as much. So check them out. Hey, everybody. So I am here with uh, the founder of uh, Reach and Teach Basketball, Adrian Woodard. And today we're going to talk about a conversation that we had in our Facebook group. And I asked a question. It was poorly worded, but a lot of trainers chimed in. And Coach Woodard was one of the main guys in the feed continuously answering questions and providing great feedback because he's been there, done that. Essentially was what are the pros and cons of coaching high school sports while even if you are a full-time trainer you're a trainer by trade and uh coach i mean you have a lot of experience with this right correct correct and so um i've I've dealt with it from being assistant coach I, i i chose the path of being assistant coach and a couple of reasons why is because i think it's it's less demanding than being a head coach and that way you can still focus on your brand. If you're an entrepreneur and you have your own, you have your own company or whatnot, you still can devote time to both. Um, being a head coach is very demanding. You put in a lot of hours um, and it could possibly take away from your brand if, if you are a head coach. So I've, I've chosen the route for myself to put my brand first and to be an assistant. So let's back up then. First question. How long ago did you start training? So I've been training since two, since 2004. Okay. So, so over a decade, 13 years. Yeah, so over a decade. Uh, this is going on 13 years. I didn't start my brand until 2013. So I, I, I trained up into that, being a part of different um, programs and things like that. And then I, and then I was like, man, I might as well start my own uh, training company. And so... My fiance helped me with all that. Um, she handles all the back end and all the business aspects. And um, yeah, so I've been doing it for my company, Reach and Teach Global Basketball, for the last four years or so, since 2013. And you, are you, you recently moved, right? Recently, probably in the last few years. Correct. Right? So up until 2011, 2012, I was in North Carolina and then I moved to the Northeast, uh, New Jersey. So the New Jersey, the New York area. And it was a, it was a challenge <laughs> to, to say the least because in a new market, didn't know anyone. I had a couple of friends that I played ball with in college um, that was here, but other than that, I didn't know anyone. And so going out and getting clientele and things like that was uh, discouraging at first, but I mean, I had to, had to grind and do what I had to do. 
Let's stay on that though, because I mean, I know a couple of guys that are in the New Jersey area. Some of them, like, I mean, have bukus of followers on Instagram, mm-hmm. and they're doing pretty well in the online game, but they can't even find a gym. Like, they don't have gym time because of maybe they were making excuses. I don't know. But what were some of those challenges that you went through? That was my excuse at first, and that's why I didn't want to. Like, that's why I didn't want to start. I was like, I don't know anyone. I don't know. Anyone that has a facility, I don't know any kids. Like I didn't know how to have, I didn't know anyone. And one of my one of my good friends from college um, was like, "Man, just do it." And then my fiance encouraged me, and then she she got the LLC, and so um, it's, it's, it was hard. I started off in the park, man. I mean, I grew up playing ball in the park, and I just went to the local parks and just just played ball. And they seen what I can do, and I start pointing out little things and pointers to the kids and things like that. And it just blossomed from there. Um, it gradually grew, I should say, not blossomed. It gradually grew from there. Um, yeah, so my first client was was at a park. First couple of clients were at a park. And then eventually I got into gym space. I would go, hey, uh, I'm a trainer. Can I, can I use your facility? Had some no's, had some yeses. So, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty, it's been a rocky road, but I mean, I've maintained for the most part. So you, for a brief moment of time, I want to get to the real questions, but this is interesting too. So you hopped around from gyms. I mean, are you still going from different gym to different gym? Uh, If you are, how long was that process until you got to a point where you, you you know, you're doing this full time, right? I'm sure there was a little doldrum to where it was a rough patch if this was was your full time. Well, uh, in the beginning was definitely a struggle. I want to say a couple of years. I mean, it was a couple of years where... It was like, I'm going to say about two years. Yeah, about, about two years. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. But I had to grind it out, man. I know anything that, that's worth having, you got to you gotta dive full head of steam and, and, and go after what you want. And this is my passion. This is my dream of – dream is playing basketball. My passion is working with kids and teaching kids and basketball. So, I mean, why not combine the two? Um, but yeah, it, it was difficult for the first couple of years, um, bouncing around from place to place, finding some gyms, using it, and then then saying, okay, you can't use it anymore, and then hopping to another gym, whatever the case may be. And so I'm pretty steady right now um, at, a, at a gym, at a couple of facilities that I that I use here in New Jersey, in the northern region. So it's, it's pretty steady now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good with, with, with the gym facilities and things like that. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad, man. And I'm I'm digging because that's I guess what I do. So I dig. But so you you have a good setup now. Can you tell me how you got in touch with this coach and how that relationship started to bond and how you eventually got offered to work with him to help out with coaching? Yeah. So the coach seen me work out. Uh, like so he has a membership at the gym, and so he's seen me just work work out, work out guys. And so he eventually was like, Hey man, I like what you do. Um, can you work out my team? I was like, sure, not a problem. And so I worked him out. He liked what I did. He's seen some of the kids that, um, I worked it. Some of my high profile kids, some of, my, some of the kids, it's not as good. And the one thing that he, that he mentioned to me before he hired me, he's like, no matter what you go hard, no matter what the level is. And so that was a shock to me for, for him to see that, I put in the work no matter what. I don't care if you're a high-profile kid going D1 or if you're a five-year-old. I'm going to put forth the effort 
that's needed to, to improve the kid, to, to make the kid better, to develop the kid. Um, and then from there, I worked out the team. And then he, he wanted me to work out one of his best players. And I was like, sure. And so I worked out one of his best players. I want to say after two workouts, he called, he called me on the phone. He was like, man, what are you doing with this kid? This kid is <laughs> like killing now, whatever the case. He was already good. He's already the best player on the team, but it, it was a huge jump. And then the parents called and congratulated me. He's like, thank you for all the work that you're putting in. And after that. What you do with this kid? I mean, what do you, what do you, two, come on, two workouts? Like, what were you, you talking I mean, like the secret sauce or? Um, I don't think it's a secret sauce. Again, I come from a different background. I come from a background in North Carolina where it's a lot of fundamentals. And coming from a, a D1 background and a high IQ for the game, I just bring that to my training. I take that same approach. Um, to me, it's about the small details. It's about having the IQ for the game and knowing how to play the game and teaching how to play the game and the small details with that. Um, I'm huge on footwork. I'm a big footwork guy. And just taking that approach with the kid and trying to develop a killer instinct with, with that kid. And, I mean, it showed with, with the first couple of workouts. He had some summer league games. He had like a 30 and 12 game and then came back with a 25 and like nine or eight rebound game. And they, they were shocked. And I was like, well, let's continue to put in the work. And then next thing you know, he offered me he offered me the assistant coach job. And I sat down and talked to my fiance about it. And um, I agreed. And we're still with him. <laughs> it's been two years now. So this is my second going into my second year with, with this coach. So what made you say yes to this offer instead of saying you know, what were the things that, better question, what were the reasons you would have said no? That's a good question. <laughs> well, I talked over with my fiance. <laughs> That's a great question. I talked over with my fiance and we prayed about it and we, we had, to, we made a list, pros and cons, like what, how can this benefit? How will it take away from what we're doing? And we found a middle ground. And so we didn't, we didn't see it as a loss. We've seen it as, so I can I can go through the pro, the pros of I can go through the pros with you. Um, the question you asked is a very good question, by the way. I don't know, like necessarily the cons or whatnot, but the pros it was close to where I was already training, so that was that was one pro, and it wasn't too far. The school is actually fifteen to twenty minutes away from where I train anyway, so it's not like a a huge ride or a huge sacrifice to go an hour out of the way. It was it was right next door. What else? Oh, yeah. So the flexibility in hours. Is oh, my- that's your wife? Is that your wife right there? Yeah, she has my fiance talking to Have me. You not say- hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. Hi, just- how are you? <laughs> hey. how you doing? She, she, she's here with me. Flexibility. Um, he's, he's very understanding. He's a, he's a nonchalant but firm guy. Um, and he, he told me that from the beginning. He was like, man, whatever you can do to bring value to this team, we can accept. And I, and I told him from the beginning, training is my full-time gig and that comes first. And so the flexibility, cause I have a year, I have a yearly program that I run. I know what I'm going to do each month when things are going to come in and, and new programs are going to roll in programs uh, in and things like that. And I gave it to him and I was like, this is my yearly program. These are the times I do my things. I do my programs. And he was like, man, that's fine. He's like, just, just 
come in the preseason. He was like, come, come when you can, and then we can go from there. We, and then we play it by ear. And so I gave him the times of my programs that I had in the fall. Then we compromised in the winter. So if I had training in the early afternoon time, we would have a late practice. If I had training in, at late at night, we would have or we would have an early practice. And then that worked out fine. And he, he's not big on, man, you're late. You're five minutes late. So how dare you? And he, he wasn't like that. He was like, man, get here. I know, you, I know you're going to be running from the gym to, to the school. So just get here when you can, and then we can go from there. And then the, the game schedule worked out. I drove to every game. So that was a big plus because my previous coaching job had to ride the bus and things like that. And he was real strict on that and things like that. And, but this guy, this coach, gave me an opportunity to drive to each game, which was, which was huge. And that the games wasn't far from where I trained. So that's, that's good as well. Sorry. Um, automatic lights. <laughs> okay, so, about that. so you, okay. Cause I, I've heard some of the, the cons I've been trying to get a balanced approach. Some of the cons I've heard uh, other trainers say is one, you know, gym time. They think they thought they had, but the school really doesn't give you as much gym time as you thought. Mm-hmm. Well, you said the travel time is not bad for you, but you know, trainers have said they have lost clientele because athletes see that you are committed to one team. And does that make sense? Has that ever happened for you or has the opposite? Been yeah, the your, your question makes sense. Um, actually the opposite. Um, I've never lost clientele over a school that I coach. So I've coached two schools up here, um, two, two years previously with an, with an old coach. And this is going on my second year. I've never lost any clientele. If anything, I have gained clientele. And I guess one of the reasons is that is because the guy I was training before I hopped on the video. I mean, he's a big time athlete, big time player. Everyone knows him in this, in this area within a, pretty much in the state. And so they know I work with him. It's like, man, if he, if he got this kid, if he developed this kid, like, man, I should go, you know, uh, train with, with Adrian at Richard Teach Global Basketball or whatever the case may be. Um, so not, I have not, it has not hurt my clientele by coaching at a school. No, if anything, I've gained more clientele because I trained the best player at the school I went to and that brought on, and they seen what he did, and they was like, "Man, who is this? Who's, who's training this guy? Who's training? Who's training so and so?" And I mean, for me, I mean, it may be different from other coaches, but for me, in my situation, I've, I've gained clientele from it. Nice. So, what would be your advice? Because I mean, I told you before the interview, I've had two two offers to help coach somewhere. One a little drive, the other the proximity is pretty good. What would be some of the non-negotiables that you would say that me and other trainers who train full-time, that's their main source of income, what do they need to watch out for? I would watch out for, I, I would, I would you, you want to make sure that he's flexible, meaning you may have a training and it may run late and he's not a sticker like, oh man, you have to be here 15 minutes before practice so we can go over the practice plan and you can do this. You want to be flexible. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing. Um, like I spoke to you b- before, 
if you have a stickler or a firm coach that's really like, okay, you got to be here, this, 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 and this, that may not work for you. Um, what else uh, can I think of? Non-negotiable. Your brand comes first, man. That, that like, this is your livelihood now. Like you can't, you have to know what you're getting into. And the coach, you have to relay that to the coach and like, this is what I do. This is my livelihood. This coaching is seasonal. This is only a few months out of the year. I train for a living. This is, this is my bread and butter. Um, and if he realizes that and he's on board with that, and I would, I would put everything into writing and or so a contract per se, uh, or record the conversation. And so you can have your proof and your backup in case it goes anywhere else. Um, I've been burnt by that um, <laughs> in the past. So how so? So, like I, I mentioned to the coach my schedule. I told him my schedule, and so I do this. I work here. These are the times I work. And say I'm five minutes late to practice, or five not even to practice. Say I'm just coming in when practice is starting. He wanted he wanted the coaches to be there 15 minutes before practice, so you can go for the practice plan. And Say I'm rolling in, say the practice is at 7, be there at 6.45, I'm running at 7. Man, you're late and this and that. I hit traffic. It's not an excuse. Like, you should have been here or whatever the case may be. So make sure the coach is flexible. Make sure he's understanding. Uh, another non-negotiable. And I'm assuming with this last one, you you had a verbal agreement like, hey, I may be late for some of these practices. That's why you got burnt because he – he grilled you on being on time, but verbally you had established that may be the case because I'm traveling from a training session and he just supposedly forgot or he held it against you. Correct. But I, I told him, I told him that it's traffic from where I train and where the school was. And I mean, I guess he seen a problem with that. And then not only that in the summertime, I mean, summertime is when we get it as trainers, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, high schools have summer leagues. They have summer workouts. They have different things like that. And if the coach is not uh, flexible, you could bump heads. But I told him, like, from the beginning, this is, this is my livelihood. I, get, I, had to, I had to tell him, like, this is – coaching is seasonal. This is, my, this is what I do for a living – and some coaches, some coaches don't see that as some coaches don't see training as a full time job. They see it, it as a, job, oh, yeah. this is a hobby or whatever the case may be. I'm like, no, this is what I this is what I do. <laughs> this is this is you know my bread and butter. You know, so and I think I think you know I, not for every coach, but some coaches, I think there's a little bit of envy there because they think. You know, they may have been that old school guy who would help the kid for free. Now they see people monetizing that and making incomes from it. Right. Um, and I, that, that, that can be the case as well. Another thing that, that really stuck with me, and he told me from the, the coach now, he lets me run a portion of practice. Like he's like, I want you to do skill development with our guys. And throughout the year, as the year progressed, the games and things like that, the parents will come up to me, great job with the kids. They're doing a Euro step now in the game. And they wasn't doing that before. They, I mean, like just working on skill development, the fundamentals, passing, shooting, 
shooting off the inside pivot and these the small things, the things that really matter. And he lets me take over, over practice. He gives me 30, 45 minutes to an hour to work on skill development, depending on the time of the season. I mean, obviously, preseason is a lot of skill development. Once the year gets going, may cut down to 30 minutes or so, but he was like, here. And then he gave me the keys to the offense. He was like, once you learn the plays, you're good. I want you to play calls from the bench. I don't know how many coaches would do that. So I'm, I'm in a good situation right now, to say the least. <laughs> He's like, I want you to run the offense. I'm going to run the defense. I'm like, hey, fine by me. So, I'm, I mean, I have a pretty understanding coach and a coach that understands, I guess, the value that I bring. And so, I mean, I'm in a pretty good situation for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I mean, and I remember playing in college. Um, skill development, we still did it later in the season. And – Man, it got boring. I didn't say it got boring. It was tedious, but it was necessary. Like, it helped out so, so much. Yeah. So, that's interesting you say that. Um, any any other non-negotiables that you can think of or things that trainers should uh, keep in mind if they get offered a coaching position? Um, I think you mentioned getting the check split in two. That was one. Right? Oh, Yeah. Um, yep, the stipend my fiance just stipend. stipend. Sorry, the stipend. So, um, and I mentioned it to you before. Um, before this, um, you, I mean, in New Jersey, as far as New Jersey, as far I'm sorry, New York. I coach in New York. I live in New Jersey. I coach in New York, New York State. Um, it's one stipend at the end of the year, and that's and that's it. So you get one lump sum of money or check, whatever the case may be, at the end of the year. I would recommend that coaches. Try to get their stipend into two because that's a long time to wait in between. I mean, you think about it, the season's three to five months, depending on how far you go in the playoffs, whatever the case may be. That's a long time to be waiting for a check for, <laughs> for, for a coaching gig. And so when I coached in New Jersey, it was two. It was in December and then at the end of the season. In New York, it's at the end. Uh, New York State, it's at, it's at the end. And so I would try to, I would try to negotiate if you can get your check split up between, well, at December and then and then the end of the season, March, whatever, February, March, yeah, around March or whatever the case may be, uh, that's huge. Because I mean, in the training business, like I said, you get paid either the day of, weekly, by package, monthly, however you set up your your business or whatever, whatever your business structure is, and you're getting that money. Right then and there, you're not waiting three to five months to <laughs> to get a check, you know. <laughs> right, right. Now, would you would you go as far to say because one trainer in the group in the group discussion said I want to link to that in this episode too. But one trainer said that I think it was Augie Johnston. He recommended that every trainer coach at least one year. He said it, it makes you a better trainer if you do get the coach. Would you go as far to say not to make it mandatory, but that it is something that every trainer should look into? From a general standpoint, yes. Um, from my background, I don't think I needed to coach to understand the ins and outs and the nuances of the game. Um, if you're a new coach, by all means. If you're a new trainer, by all means. So you can, I think coaches helps you, coaching helps you find game situational tendencies and situations to prepare you on how to train in a game and situational standpoint. Um, is it, re- is it required? No. Will it help 
in some instances, it, it can help. And it, it helped me just from the simple fact of, if you want to say it helped, game situation. So this much time on a clock, whatever the case may be. But I, I train in that in that way anyway. So my training goes according to a game. So we might go four to five minutes hard, and then we may slow it down and shoot free throws. Just like, I mean, just like in a, I try to replicate a game as much as possible in my training. Um, but no, to answer your question, is it required? No. If you're an early coach, if you're starting off, yes. Um, if you're seasoned, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so at all. What's what's season though? What season? Because for me, okay, let's say I graduated in 2015, right? Okay. And fresh trainer, new trainer, but played at a, a reasonably high level, played against some really good teams mm-hmm. and uh, under a great coach too. What do you call season? I would say anywhere from, I guess, five years, but that's depending on the individual. Um, you can go back and ask – you can go and – ask, I guess, coaches that I played for. I was a high IQ guy. And I've, I've had coaches say, you're going to be a way better coach than you are a player. That wasn't a knock. I was just saying that I understood the game. So I, under, I, under, I understand and understood the game. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, when you play, like, I can see things happen before they even happen. I can see tendencies. I can see through warm-ups a guy's strengths and weaknesses just by seeing them warm up or walk on the court. Like I can tell if you can't go left, you can't go right. If you like one dribble pull up right or whatever, I can see that through just like that. So I picked that up early. And so I checked that into training. And so, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Okay. So it's not, it's not, it's not an amount of years. It's just like, it's, it's not a, a fact of years. It's just tangibles. knowing the game, how well you know the game. How well you know the game. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's good insight. That's a lot of good info. I think. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that slipped your mind that you wanted to add uh, about? Uh, you got to make sure. Um, I, I didn't reach. I didn't get into the the, the stipend amount. You have to make sure it's reasonable. You don't want to. Like I, I turned down some coaching jobs. I've turned down some head coaching jobs and some assistant coaching jobs because it was it wouldn't be worth it. Um, just it's, it's not worth it. I mean, you could probably make more money in a month of training, not saying it's all about the money, but I mean, you want to make sure it's reasonable. You want to get compensated somewhat to a degree to where you can, you know, (laughs) so you have to make sure it's worth it. Um, as far as the stipend goes. Um, how do you do that? You, how you factor in gas, you factor in time there. For sure. Giving kids rides. I don't know what 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 do you really factor into that stipend that makes it worthwhile? Like you said, time, gas. Um, does it make sense to me? The coaching job I I took. So the second job I took again, it's fifteen minutes from where I work. So it's not a big deal for me to drive fifteen minutes. What five miles? Maybe six, whatever. How many miles? It's not. It's not breaking the bank or whatever. Um, the job. The previous coaching job that I had was about 20 to 25 minutes from where I trained. Again, that's not hurting me that much. When I first moved up here, I was driving an hour, hour and a half to work. So <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> – and then plus tolls and all that stuff. So 
15 minutes, 30 minutes. I got to pay toll roads every day? What? Yes, the parkway? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, man, coming from coming from North Carolina, man, I know that's a rough one. For sure. <laughs> wasn't Definitely wasn't used okay. to that. <laughs> okay. So, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. That, that distance does make sense. But... I think that's Coach Woodward. Woodward, that's 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 pretty much it. Unless you have anything else you want to um, share, I want you to, if you don't mind, tell other trainers, other people who are listening, where they can find you, what social media handle, website, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Okay, so um, for Instagram, RTGB underscore trainer. Um, on Facebook, I'm sorry. So Instagram. And Twitter is the same, RTGB underscore trainer. And then for Facebook is Reach and Teach Global Basketball. Reach and Teach Global Basketball, LLC. Got it. Got it. Coach, I appreciate you. You are in the group. Thank you for the contribution to the group, man. Like, you know, the, the funny, the crazy thing is, like, you see these comments, but it's they're real people, right? Like behind that typing behind the screen, I'm talking to you right now, and it's just so much different from typing a text, or typing a, a comment in the group. So this is yeah. awesome, man. Getting to, to actually have a conversation with yeah, you. Yeah, man. I like what you're doing, man. Just keep it up, and just, I mean, always be an open book, man. It, it, be a sponge and absorb everything, man. Because you can, you can, you can never stop learning. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. You, you know, you know me for a little while, but you can tell I, I don't shy away from asking questions, man. I slide through your DMs any time of the day. So I appreciate you uh, answering and helping me out. Yeah. And so and another thing, like I we travel. So anybody wants to collaborate. I mean, I'm willing to travel East Coast, West Coast, South, Midwest. Um, I'm always looking to collaborate. And again, like I just told you to learn and and learn from others, help others, and just build, give a good product. Um, at the end of the day, it's about the kids and, and, and developing and improving the kids. And so, um, so anyone that wants to collaborate, you know, let's collaborate. And, uh, you can contact me. Uh, I can give you my email as well. Um, very simple. RTGlobalBasketball at gmail.com. Want to do any collaborations or anything like that. And we can make it happen. All right. I appreciate that. And I will link to all this stuff in the in the interview. And I'll share this with you whenever it's chopped up. But thanks again, Coach, for your time. And I'll talk to you later, all right? All right, man. Thank you, sir. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adrian Woodard. He's in our basketball trainer Facebook group. It's a private group full of basketball trainers who all help each other grow each other's business and learn because we're coaches, but we also need to be coached ourselves. Go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash Hoops Institute. And I promise you within the first 30 minutes, if that you're going to learn something new from a trainer that you never thought of before. So go to that group, ask for access, and I will accept you so you can get to learning, go through the feed, see what you've missed. Thanks for tuning in and hope you listen on the next episode. Hey, can't thank you enough for listening. I hope you're enjoying the inside look at some uber successful basketball training businesses. You can also learn more from these trainers and entrepreneurs in our private Facebook group at www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash Hoops Institute. And last but not least, 
If you've been thinking about starting or growing your own basketball training business, check out www.hoopsinstitute.com backslash playbook for your free 30-day website trial. I'm genius, being that genius. Winning with my team, we just being that dream. And how we gonna get this cream and be shopping all that?